What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. Happy to be joined on this Friday from the Ball Blast Football Podcast and NFL.com. Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? We're division champs. Hey, hey. I'm so excited. Wearing my Devo shirt to celebrate. It's the only 49er shirt I have. I need to get more gear. And I have a mimosa because you know what? Ooh. We're going to the ship. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited right now. It's it's a really good feeling to have three games left in the season and know you're already in the playoffs. Also to have a full slate of games and just not have to worry about anything. Just sit back and watch. It's a really, really weird phenomenon that I actually want to get into a little bit. Shout out to Amish for hooking you up with the shirt. If you still need some holiday gift ideas, they have the best 49ers gear on the planet. If you follow the link in the description to this podcast, it'll take you right to their 49ers page. Smash those links. You'll get awesome 49ers gear. People will be blown away when they see the gifts that you have gotten them. So please do that. We love Amish. And uh, yeah, make some people happy this holiday season. Also, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network if you're not doing so already. If you support the show or you want to support the show, leave a review, and I promise we will read it. You might like this one, Michelle. This is from Chasing Deviation. Nice work is the subject. Four out of five stars. (laughs) Solid show, informative, entertaining. But, Rob, you're not getting that fifth star until you get Kay Adams on the show. Get to it. Get to it, Stats, and get her on our show, because if she comes on Levin's show, she comes on the gold (laughs) standard, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the network. Wow. All right. Well, first of all, it's not Levin's show. It's my show. Let's Mm -hmm. let's, let's Mm -hmm. be clear about that. But now, you know what? I've been on Up and Adams multiple times this year. Uh, Kay and I go back a long time. I think think she needs to make a Niners Nation appearance. I'm going to work on that, and I'm going to surprise you. No, see, a... this is the thing. I no one wants to listen to that episode <laughs> when she comes on because I'm going to be the most awkward human being ever. That people will get secondhand embarrassment because, like, I'll try not to be awkward. I just know I will be, especially if you catch me off guard. I'm so bad at surprises. My face is going to turn as red as a tomato. Yes, and I'm going to start sweating, and it's going to be terrible. Please don't do that to me. See, when you say that, how could I not do it now? <laughs> right, like. You've already set it up to where I almost have to. I have no choice. Please don't. We'll just be talking. I won't even say anything for like a minute. I'll just do the whole lead into the show and then boop, I'll click the little box and Cadams will pop up and you'll poop your pants. (sighs) Don't do that to me. All right. Let's talk about this game a little bit. I got a lot of people coming at me on Twitter because I was critical of the offense. It was sort of a weird game. I thought the Kyle Shanahan called a weird game, but the good thing for the 49ers was that his good plays that he did call were awesome plays. Like that double fake screen to George Kittle over the middle. Beautiful play, touchdown. The the second touchdown that Kittle had later in the game coming out of the halftime, unbelievable play call. Like Kyle's good was great, and that was enough to win. Yeah, I mean, people are going kind of crazy about Kyle Shanahan right now. They should be going crazy about D'Amico Ryans. Like he deserves coach of the year like I understand that only head coaches win it but honestly he deserves to win it and that's the reason that there have seven straight wins it's because of Ryan's not because of Shanahan I do I'm really impressed with what he's done with Brock Purdy I don't think Brock Purdy is any different than Jimmy Garoppolo watching him now I'm like if they could have made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo then they can make it with Brock Purdy they do he can do everything Jimmy can and 
kind of better with the mobility. So like, I feel much better about their chances in the playoffs now after watching Purdy. And that has, I have to give some, you know, credit to Shanahan there. This is his third quarterback and he's doing a good job. But at the same time, again, the Seahawks are the 30th in the NFL in points per game a lot. They're allowing nearly 26 points per game. The 49ers scored 21 points. And one of those touchdowns came off of a, a turnover where they got the ball at what? Like the five? Where, how close was it? It was super close. It was, yeah, it was like, I think it was, maybe, I think it was like the two, believe it or not. They also had a pick six called back on a terrible roughing the passer penalty against Nick Bosa. And Robbie Gold missed a field goal that would have, uh, really put the game out of reach at that point. But I agree. Like it, it wasn't their best offensive performance, but that's okay. Like, no, but this is the thing. It looked great the whole time they're moving the ball, but this has been them all year long. It's like this offense looks like they should be putting up 30 plus points every week because they're moving the ball consistently. And then you look at the scoreboard and you're like, that doesn't match up. Something <laughs> is happening. Like, why isn't it matching up? But with this defense playing the way they are right now, it, it really doesn't matter. And Nick Bosa, man, defensive player of the year, he needs like if he just had a fun celebration, I think (laughs) it would already been booked. Like, I really do. If he had TJ Watt celebration, I think it would have been the easy. It would be like, yep, he's the clear lead. It doesn't even matter. He's phenomenal. It's disgusting how good he is. He's like pressuring the quarterback on every single play. It was absurd. And I love to see it because. He deserves damn credit because half the time he gets held and they don't even freaking call it. Um, Can I give you a stat? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I can go back to 2006 to see quarterback hits. I think that's since they've been tracked. Uh, Since then, only four players have had 15-plus sacks and 30-plus quarterback hits in their first 13 games played of a season. That was J.J. Watt in 2012, Defensive Player of the Year. Aaron Donald in 2018, Defensive Player of the Year. And T.J. Watt in 2021 defensive player of the year i like that i like that a lot because i've yeah, been yeah. pumping nick bosa for defensive player of the year uh he's just the fifth player ever to have 15 or more sacks twice in his first four years everybody else is either in the hall of fame or will be in the hall of fame it's reggie white andre Tippett, richard dent and jj watt who of course will eventually get to the hall of fame he's incredible He's a freaking monster. He's even better than he was last year, and he was incredible last year coming off the ACL injury. He is a unicorn. Like, he is so – he's everything that you could possibly have hoped for when you drafted him number two overall in 2019. He's amazing. It seems like in every single play, he's in the quarterback's face. Just (laughs) every single one. And like you said, it does feel like he's not getting the holding calls, but the refs would have to throw the flag on, like – Every play, and they're not going to do that, which stinks, but you see that from some of the best. Like, they're not going to get the call every time because they would literally have to throw a flag every play, and they're never going to do it. Did you see how gently he took Geno Smith down on that sack because he was clearly worried about getting another flag? The issue is he proved that you can sack a guy. Like, he kind of proved that, hey, you don't have to put your body weight on him. Like, you're able to control it. And I'm like, okay, that was amazing how you like made sure that you're never going to get a flag again. But then you also just proved to refs that, oh, this is possible. You can fall and also keep yourself up, which is insane that they could do that. But they are like insanely athletic freaks. So that makes sense. I also want to give a little bit of love to Dre Greenlaw. I found this stat yesterday. This is like one of my favorite stats ever. Dre Greenlaw has either a forced fumble 
a recovered fumble, or an interception in five straight games. The guy is running around with his hair on fire, and the 49ers look like geniuses for re-signing him, and he's been almost as good as Fred Warner. Yeah, this whole defense, just every, all the pieces put together just looks so good. Tarverius Ward, I just love how aggressive he was last night with DK Metcalf, who is a monster. Like he is built, not, he's, he's not built like a human. He's just a, a superhero human being, but I love that he was just in his face and he drove him crazy and he, he made it hard on him. And yeah, DK Metcalf made his catches, but like, those are catches you'll take. They're like 10 yards, eight yards. Like he did a fantastic job. That Tarverius Ward signing was huge this off season. hundred percent. And I like that they were having him shadow him for a lot of the time too. It wasn't just staying on one side. He was following DK Metcalf a lot, seven catches for 55 yards for DK. But I mean, Seattle only had one play 20 or more yards all night long. And that's credit to Ward and, and to everybody. It's just this defense plays at an elite level all the time, no matter what else is happening around them. They don't care what quarterback is in. They don't care what running back is in. They don't care if Debo Samuel is there. Like, it doesn't matter. They just come out and they play at this elite level all the time. And it's just like, it's like a warm blanket. Like, it's just so reassuring. It's phenomenal. It really is. And I wanted to just point out a little note again. You know, me and my stats, I, I like, I like finding little nuggets, but over the last 15 seasons, there's been four teams, including the 49ers this year to allow 15 or fewer points per game and score 24 plus points per game that season. It was the Packers in 2010. They won the Super Bowl. The Seahawks in 2013, they won the Super Bowl. And this kind of ruins it. The Patriots in 2019, they did not win the Super Bowl and they didn't even win a playoff game, but that Patriots often stunk that year and they had no they had no wide receivers, skill players, a totally different situation. So loving this for the 49ers. So they're just one of four teams to do it in the last 15 years. Obviously, that was for a full season. The 49ers have to keep doing that. But what they're doing right now is truly, truly great. Now, do you get more? Do you? So what are your feelings on Kyle Shanahan right now? Because, you know, I've been a hater, but I do want to point out. I know I'm talking a lot. I'll let you have your moment <laughs> in a second. I want to point out every time I think Kyle Mimosa? Shanahan listens to this podcast. Every time I call him out every season, then he starts doing great things. I think he listens and he uh, he's like, oh, man, Michelle's calling me out. I got to be better. Yeah, it's, I think that much is obvious. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, I'm sure he's devoting time to this week every week. I, I bet he loved the fact that you ate the mayonnaise last week out of the yeah. blue, which <laughs> totally stunned me. But I loved it. I still giving you credit for that. No, I think uh, Jason Aponte said it on Tuesday. Kyle Shanahan is just knocking down the narratives against him. Oh, he's not over 500 as a head coach. Oh, scratch that off the list. He's over 500 as a head coach. Oh, he doesn't win without Jimmy Garoppolo. Scratch that off the list. He's undefeated with Brock freaking Purdy as his quarterback. Oh, he, you know, he's not aggressive enough. Now he's actually starting to go for it more on fourth down. It's it's kind of wild. Last think, night, though, when they got them to jump off sides. Yeah, that was weird. Come on. Come on. And I don't want to say anything negative right now because this is all positive. They made the playoffs. They won the NFC West. Like, this is all good. This is all good. And Kyle Shanahan is proving right now that he is a good coach because to do this with a seventh-round rookie quarterback is really impressive. I mean, and I I personally think 
Purdy's so easy to root for. He really is. And he's impressing me. He, of course, makes some boneheaded mistakes because he's a rookie. And every quarterback throws bad passes. But he's he's been great. Did you see his quote after the game? One, the quote from Kyle Shanahan, which was, Brock Purdy is the most poised rookie quarterback or poised rookie I've ever had, which is super high praise coming from Kyle Shanahan, but also Brock, like refusing to take any credit after the game. He said, I'm just another component. I'm another piece to this team in terms of another guy coming in and doing what's asked of him. He gave a lot of credit to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. He said, it's definitely not all praise to Brock and what Brock's done. Garoppolo and Lance deserve all the credit. Like he is literally. He's so easy. Yeah, he's so not getting easy. a big head. Fred Warner. Went, sorry, go ahead. Fred Warner asked him to break down the team after the win against the Buccaneers after he beats Tom Brady in his first career start. And Brock says, no, I'm just a guy. I'm not anything special. Like, how do you not love this dude? It's so easy to root for him. When he, when they uh, got the Seahawks to go off sides on, like, I don't even know how you do that as a defensive player. Everyone at home knew what the 49ers <laughs> were doing. Like every single person. But either way, they weren't going to do that. Like Brock was yelling at people to come back. He was like, no, we're like, get up on the line. There's still time. We're going to try to get them to go off sides. Like he, most rookies, especially and his status of just being such a late round guy would have just been like, Oh, he'll just walk off. Like he's not going to voice this. Like the coach can do it or whatever. No, he made sure that he was like, no, we're trying to get them to go off sides. And it worked like that impressed me so much. And then them punting made no sense to me, but it ended up working out. It was fine. It's just, I, I was super impressed watching him at the first two games. I was already impressed. But I was like, okay, let's see. Like, let like, I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon too fast, but his composure is just truly incredible. He's like such a young little, little young little stud. Love the, him. <laughs> the intangibles with him, like the awareness, like you're talking about the wherewithal is off the charts. Like it's really, 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 really good. And you're right. I don't know why they didn't go for that fourth down, but just to get, just to get it. And and I don't know why they stopped that play, P.S. And Kyle was fuming at the officials because they normally when the defense goes off sides, you, you get the free play. But yeah, the, but they I, I don't think in that situation it, it you get the free play if it's like at the simul. Oh, I'm never going to be able to say that word. If they do it at the same time where they simultaneous. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I was never going to be able to say it. I wasn't even going to try where they hike it. And like right before that it was offsides and it was just like a smooth thing. The only reason that ball was hiked was because that guy was so far past the line. He was like, Oh, I got to hike this. So they call it. And Brock Purdy wasn't even ready for it. He like, he, like that could have been bad. The guy had was like three feet in front of everyone. They're supposed to stop that so that he can't get hit. Like that's the right call to stop that. And that's my whole thing is why did you even go for it? Cause you were ever planning to run a play there so why even try to get him off sides if you're not going to go for it again people are probably saying who cares it worked out but it does kind of matter like those decisions but it doesn't matter in that game because it right worked out. yeah that was a wonky decision and the other weird decision which drove me nuts is when the Niners are pinned deep they're on their like one yard line and the play clock's running down and Kyle Shanahan calls a second time out to avoid a delay a game it's like Kyle 
why are you calling timeout? If you get the penalty, you move back six inches. There's nowhere for you to move back. Like, what? Yeah. who cares about the penalty? So that was a little weird. But uh, Akash said on the instant reacts last night, I think he's probably correct. Kyle Shanahan has probably slept like four hours this entire week. So he, he may not be firing on all cylinders. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. And they did kind of look like they look confused and all over the place in that situation. And maybe he was worried about making a mistake that close to the goal line. And he wanted a chance to get to talk to his young quarterback. Like that could have been a thing. So I, I won't hate on him too hard for that. Uh, but I do want to bring up, listen, Christian McCaffrey is amazing. He's even better on the 49ers than he was on the Panthers, which makes sense because the 49ers are a much better team. But he played 55 of 61 offensive snaps last night. It's too many. It's too many because Jordan Mason looks good out there. I'm not saying that they should split the backfield or anything like that, but we've seen now two straight years. McCaffrey's body doesn't hold up all that great when he gets too many touches. He's a fantastic player, and I get you want him out there all the time. But he is a smaller dude. He he's just not a big back, and you got to be careful with him because with Debo out, McCaffrey is your offense right now. He is your Debo, and you want these guys healthy for the playoffs. With the playoffs already like you're already in it, I think these next three games limit his touches. I know you're still going for the second seed, but limit his touches. So that's yeah, that's the interesting part of this. We haven't really seen this from Kyle Shanahan because even when they were the number one seed in 2019, it came down to the final play of the final game in the final week of the season. Yeah. Um, so how Kyle manages this is going to be an interesting thing. McCaffrey had almost 35% of the Niners total yards last night. The only other person to carry the ball in the first half of the game was Brock Purdy. Like that is what really, I think there was some opportunity to get Jordan Mason the ball. Uh, but regardless, how does Kyle manage it the rest of the way? Because like you said, they still can get the two seed. Hell, if the Vikings lose tomorrow to the Colts, the Niners are the two seed by virtue of their conference record. So that is still a factor. I don't know how big a deal that is to Kyle Shanahan. To me, it's a big deal. You want to be the two seed, be as high as you can. You know, who knows what happens with the Eagles. And then all of a sudden, everybody has to come to your house in the playoffs. Like if you can get the two seed, get it. But you do have to manage it. You, you have to make sure that Christian McCaffrey is healthy going into the playoffs. You have to. He's so critical to this offense. He has been unbelievable since coming over. The offense is averaging eight more points per game since the trade. He, I think he has like seven, no, eight touchdowns and seven starts with the 49ers. Four rushing, three receiving, and one passing. Like, he has saved the season. So Kyle really needs to make sure that he manages that the rest of the way. Yeah. So I like every time he was out there last night, it was like over and over and over again. I'm like, I get why you want it, but you gotta be careful. Like I was, every time he touched the ball, I was scared. I'm like, just keep this man alive. Keep this man alive. Like he's too important. And that like the rest of their schedule with their defense, I don't even think their offense is going to have to do much because you get the commanders in Harry McLaurin against this defense. I'm sorry. They're just, they're not going to do anything. Their run game is going to be shut down. And I just can't imagine they're doing anything. And you get the Raiders, Derek Carr's a joke. And then <laughs> the Cardinals without Kyler Murray, you don't need Christian McCaffrey to win these games. You just really don't. And yes, you want to go for the second seed, but like you said, 
the Vikings could lose to the Colts tomorrow. It seems unlikely. I get that. But they have lost their last six games against the Colts dating back to 2000. The last time the Vikings won, you know who was the quarterback for the Colts? Peyton Manning? Nope. No. It, it, 1997. Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> last time the Vikings have beat the Colts. He was the quarterback. That's Jimmy. crazy. Yeah. Fun little note there. The Vikings could lose to anybody the rest of the way. Nobody thinks the Vikings are good. I don't even know if Vikings fans think I the think Vikings they're good. are good. I think they're good. They, I mean, they've got. You think a- they're good? Yes, I think they're good. Now they have been outscored ninety-eight to thirty-three in their three losses. They've Not been great. outscored on the season. Yeah, I know negative one point differential. Well, mostly that was a forty to thirty-three loss to the Cowboys, which was just atrocious, terrible game. Sometimes you have those, right? I, I think. I think they're an all right team. Do I think the 49ers would beat them in the playoffs? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. So I wouldn't be worried about them playing them. It's just, I I think they should beat the Colts. They should, should, but I mean, look, the Colts beat the chiefs at one point this year. So it's their defense. That's so incredibly bad. I mean, they're allowing the most passing yards per game, the most total yards per game. Uh, I, I wrote a note. I actually wrote this game for NFL network. Let me see if I can find it super quickly. I think they're going to be the first team if, well, they're projected to be the first team in NFL history to make the playoffs when allowing 400 plus total yards per game and averaging under 400 total yards per game on offense. They'd be the first team all time to do that. Wow. Yeah. That is kind of crazy. Um, Look, I I don't fear the Vikings. I don't have any. If you told me the 49ers lost one of the last three games and still ended up with the two seed, I could still see that happening, too. So but it's just a weird feeling like, what do we do the rest of the way? I'm just going to be the only thing I'm going to be watching for, essentially, is trying to keep everybody as healthy as possible. Like, I don't want to see Bosa playing 50 out of 60 snaps, you know, like don't you got to manage that. And and we don't know how Kyle Shanahan is going to do that because we've just never seen him have to do it. Yeah. And also the hard part is you don't want to give them like, I don't like teams resting starters. Mm-hmm. Like I get why you have to, it just feels like every time a team rests their starters, they come off like slow in the playoffs. Now what I did like, what my favorite one was the bills did it either last year or the year before. Josh Allen came out and played the first half and then they rested everybody. I liked that. So you get some play time, but then also sit them. It doesn't really matter if we win or lose, but you got, you at least did the whole pregame stuff. You played in the game, you got going and then you rest them for the second half. I get like, if a player gets injured in a pointless game, it's so hard to swallow, but I don't know. It just seems to never work out when teams rest guys. There is a, there's a way to manage it. Like you said, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, you can you can massage it a little bit, understanding that anytime you play football, there is inherent risk. And that's, you know, you do have to suck it up at times to deal with it. But I think Kyle will be smart. I think the players on the team get it. They're just everybody just there's so much buy in with this team right now. It is crazy. And you said it with Brock, but I think it applies to the whole team. Like this is such a likable 49er team. This isn't like the Harbaugh teams where there were a lot of bad dudes on that team. Alden Smith has had his off the field problems. Uh, Ray McDonald had his off the field problems. Uh, the foot Bruce Miller, like there were a lot of guys on that team that off the field were not really great. This team is full of just awesome dudes. 
And and the older I get, and maybe it's me, but like the older I get, the more that stuff actually matters to me. This is an awesome, super likable team. Them coming out of the tunnel, oh. just like they were feeling themselves. Luckily, they showed up and played out because that would have been embarrassing. If like that's they how they got, do it every week. If they got their booties kicked, I didn't know that. That's like the first time they like yeah really... with the boombox and everything. Yeah, that's their that's their jam. But uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a really fun team to root for, and I'm happy for everybody there. And even Trey Lance looks ecstatic for Purdy. Like he looks like. It's just so silly. We have to keep comparing everybody to Lance. Can we just enjoy the season? Yes. And honestly, someone was like, see it. I don't know. I I got somebody on Twitter being like, well, you were just hating on Kyle Shanahan's offense a couple weeks ago. I was because I'm saying if Kyle's not the problem and Jimmy's not the problem and they're stacked, then what is the problem? It turns out the problem may have been Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the difference. And it seems like they're moving the ball better, scoring better. I I mean, I guess it was only 21 points last night, but they were just moving the ball so well. But even on that, like that critical third down play right now, granted it was third and one. And if Jimmy's there, maybe you just quarterback sneak it because Jimmy's awesome at that. Like he's elite at it, but they had the option on that play to call a pass number one. And they basically put it in Brock's hands. It was supposed to be uh, passing the flat to McCaffrey. And if he wasn't open, Brock had the option to take it himself. And to his credit, he's athletic enough. He got to the edge and he made it a beautiful play, not only to slide and extend the ball. If he doesn't extend that ball there, that's not a first down. And he stayed in bounds to stop the clock. But that's the kind of play that that Kyle Shanahan can call because of Purdy's mobility. And so it it's made a difference. I said uh, on Thursday morning, yesterday morning, like his mobility is all the mobility you need. You don't have to have Lamar Jackson. You just have a guy that can do stuff like that. And it was nice to see, to see Kyle use it. Yeah. And Purdy's accuracy intermediate and short is pretty fantastic. Like I, I feel confident when he's back there on third down and he has to hit a slant, like he's going to put it in the right plat place. And I, I do love that from him. I hate that you brought up that play about him running for that first down because my wife made a bet and all she needed was four more passing yards from Purdy to win $140. Cause she hit on the other four legs of parlay. <laughs> so was really rooting for that CMC, uh, throw or catch there. Ayuk also dropping a five yard. Yeah. That's what killed her. That's it right there. I mean, he was wide open on that play. Yeah. And it was a perfect throw and ball. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is, but that play hurt, but no, that was good to see by Purdy getting that first down with his legs. He he's perfectly mobile enough. Like you said, it's like, that's all you need. You don't need to be super athletic. Just mm-hmm. be able to move. Don't be a Matt Ryan, you know, don't yeah. be a statue and you're, you, you'll be fine. I keep saying you got to be tall enough to ride the bumper cars. That's it. It's just like, do you meet this sort of minimum level of mobility? And Brock does. And I hope that when Trey Lance does come back, that that Shanahan realizes that. That it's not just like, oh, I have to call design run to take advantage of Trey's mobility. No. I was talking with former Bucks quarterback Sean King a couple of weeks ago, and he said a mobile quarterback is more dangerous when you call a pass play than he is when you call a design run because he could do both on the pass play. Whereas on the design run, obviously he can only do the one thing. And I I hope that Kyle recognizes that 
And it's nice to see him kind of use the mobility a little bit. I love the dimension that it provides to the offense. We saw multiple times last night, Brock having to make plays on the move, extend plays, throw the ball on the move. It's just, it's refreshing to sort of like have what most other teams in the league have at this point. Yeah. And it's super important that you do have that ability because without it, you just know you're so limited. Like, yep. It's just like, okay, well, either there's a guy open or we're screwed, you know, like <laughs> you're just going to get sad. I mean, you're seeing that kind of right now in Tampa Bay. It's like Brady can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting that one of those NFC South teams have to make the playoffs. <laughs> like that's just like at a certain point, if you don't have a winning record, you shouldn't be able to get into the playoffs and they should just go to the next best record. Do you agree with me with that? Uh, yeah. And I think it's like ridiculous that teams with losing records get into the playoffs. If you don't have a winning record, we don't need to see you just from a pure entertainment standpoint, unless like, I mean, I guess there's always extenuating circumstances. Like if you've lost your starting quarterback and then they come back like halfway through the year and then you go on this incredible run, but that's like such a rare thing. I don't think you're missing out by saying if you can't be over 500, then you can't make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm with you now. I do want to ask you this and I know you're going to say, I just, I don't care because you're not scared of any team. Like I already know your answer old Mm -hmm. man. Okay. But let's say Detroit right now, their offense is looking legit and their defensive line is looking pretty good. Let's say they make it into the seven seed. Would you rather just be the three seed at that point and get to face Washington or the giants? Cause I would. No, I, I like people, this lion's love is out of control. They have a losing record. Like, what am I, nuts? Great. The offense is great. You know what? Let's see Jared Goff do it outside against a good defense when he's actually facing some pressure. Okay. He's going to stink this week. Right. He's going to stink this week. And you know what? If he does it against the Jets, then, then I'll take the L and I'll give him some credit. But, like, I've seen Jared Goff up close for a long time. We know who he is. He's going to turn into a pumpkin. Like, man, these people with these lions love. Bring on the lions. You've been lionsing for my entire life, almost four decades. Okay, but if you had to pick one team to face, just you had to pick one team to face out of the Commanders, Giants, Seahawks, and Detroit, which one would you want? Oh, Giants. 100% Giants. I, I I don't know how the hell Brian Dable has even won as many games as he has. And, and you know, they've sort of fallen off a little bit lately. I don't yeah. knock him at all for that. They were doing this thing with duct tape and mirrors, man. It's a credit to him. And I know, you know, you can only do that for so long. I just, I mean, their whole identity is Saquon Barkley. The 49ers are the best team in the league at stopping the run. I would welcome the Giants for a first round playoff matchup. It is kind of crazy going into week 15 and we kind of already know one playoff game. Like, we can pretty much write it in Sharpie with the Cowboys and Tampa Bay. That's kind of crazy that we have that. Uh, but out of those four teams, like I said, again, who would be the last one you'd want to see? Giants, Commanders, Lions, and Seahawks, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seahawks. Just because it's a division game. Even that game last night, right? Niners dominated that game in every way except the scoreboard. And I'm glad you brought this up because I tweeted this and people came for me, which is makes no sense to me. 10.44 p.m. Eastern time, I tweeted, the Niners offense has been bad for most of the night. They were. Once again, they can't run the ball on a terrible rush defense. They couldn't. And once again, an inferior opponent is one play away from being right in the game. 20 minutes later, Geno Smith hits Noah Fant in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And guess what? 
the Seahawks were right back in the game. It was a one score game with more than three minutes left to go. And we had to white knuckle it at the end there. Weird stuff happens when they play the Seahawks, even when the Niners play really well. So they would be last on my list. I did want to bring up Jordan Mason is lucky. He got caught and got taken out of bounds right at like the one or two, because like, what are you doing trying to score there? Like, I get it. You're excited and you're a rookie and like, you never get touches, but then you have to put the defense back out there and you know, it's going to be like, you're going to be playing prevent. Let's say they score with like 10 seconds and then you have to try to get like, there's no way you're going to lose anyways. Don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of effort. Then your whole team has to go through then to win instead of just taking two kneel outs or one. Yeah. Two kneel outs and being done with it. Mason's got to be smarter than that. Someone has to tell him, don't be selfish, dude. Like he was trying to score in that play. He was 100%. trying hard and, and he got taken out out of bounds. Like just slide down. I mean, it, like I get, even if you score, like you're going to win. Yes, I get that. But you put everyone else, you have to put the defense back on the field. You have to put the special teams back on the field. You, you That's a way many, like there could be injuries and just no one wants to deal with that. Get the game over with, slide out and the game's over in less than a minute. Like that's it. All we got to do is nail it out. Someone needs to tell Mason, hey, dude, like we're excited for you, but stop that. Don't try yeah. to get in. Actually, Greg Papa pointed it out on the Niners radio broadcast. He said, Thank God he didn't score. He got pushed out of bounds because it works out because you're exactly right. The game is a now maybe Pete Carroll would have just knelt down, but you still have to have the extra point team come on the field. You He's still not have to have... just kneel down. There was a minute to go. You can score and get a onside kick. If he knelt down, he'd be fired. Get out of here. There was a minute left. At that point, the score would have been what would it two, have been? Two 20, down, two touchdowns. 13? Yeah, you would have been down two touchdowns. Yeah, there was also like a minute left. He didn't have any timeouts. I don't know. But they were never going to come back and win, but you don't right. just kneel down. Like you try to score. It's the whole thing of having to put the defense back out there and then also special teams. And there's then a chance for injury. So someone like great play by Mason. Like I get it. And I get how you could be excited and want to score in that play. But someone needs to tell him like, hey, next time, if that happens, you got to just slide. They'll they'll hit him up in the film. That, that's the best possible outcome. Like yeah. it, for him not to slide, what actually happened is the best possible outcome because the Niners didn't have to bring the defense back out on the field. They won the game and it's a teachable moment, right? It's just a real easy moment to say, hey, dude, like need a little more situational awareness there. And I'm surprised, you know, sometimes like guys will mention that in the huddle, especially the offensive line. Sometimes it'd be like, hey, if you break it. They probably down. weren't expecting him to break a 60-yard run, you know? Well, Jeff Schwartz did an awesome breakdown on Twitter. I should retweet it. That play. Oh, I saw it. The, the blocking. Unbelievable. Just, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't touched. And the blocking was like, it was like Madden on rookie mode. Like, all the white shirts were between. Yeah, Mason Jordan. didn't have to do anything but run. Yeah. Right through a hole. It was crazy. Um, just, just an encouraging thing to see this run game. Like, they... That was the other point I had that I wanted to make. They did not run the ball well in this game, right? And I know everyone's like, oh, look at the numbers. Oh, they had 170 yards. They ran for five yards. They had 86 or 71 yards on that final drive. If you take away just that one Jordan Mason carry, the Niners ran for less than four yards per carry in the game. So they did not run the ball well against a team that could not stop the run. But... They closed it out at the end of the game to their credit. And that's something that we've actually seen the 49ers do a couple of times down the stretch, most notably against the Saints. They ran out the final like six minutes in that game. They can ice it 
at the end of the game, which is very, very encouraging. It is. And I, I don't think you're giving them enough credit. Christian McCaffrey looked good in that game. I ran for 108 yards. Yeah, 26 carries. 4.2, though, a carry. Against the crap rush defense, yeah, though. Yeah, I get it. And both their defensive tackles were out. So right. probably should have been better. But he looked better than that. He really did. So I don't know why it was so low. And he had a 23-yard run. I'm shocked that it's that low because I don't remember him getting stuffed all that often. That's but what I mean. I do think that you can't hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey 26 times. Like, get Mason in more. I don't think he'll... It's not even like I'm saying he's going to be a better runner than Christian McCaffrey. I don't believe that, but I think keeping him fresh and healthy and, you know, his legs aren't dying at the end of the game is extremely important. And you don't have to wait till the last drive to give Mason some carries. Let him go in there. He hasn't proven to be a disaster for this team in any way. So I, I think these last three games are a perfect time to get Mason some more touches to so he can prove that by the time I get to the playoffs, you can trust me. You know, this is the time to see, can we trust you when we get to the playoffs to give you the ball sometimes instead of CMC 26 times at the middle. So hopefully they, you know, they let him play more in these last three games. And Ty Davis price too. He's alive. Listen, I stop spending third round picks on running backs. <laughs> I'm going to, Oh my goodness. If they do it one more time, one more time. Why? Well, why? I can tell you this. They're not going to do it this year. Because they I don't think, have it. No, I think they still they have some comp picks like late in the third round, but like I yeah, I just don't think they're gonna do it. But and Danny what, Gray, like these third round picks, just throw them away. Danny Gray got hurt again. How the hell does Danny Gray get hurt? He never plays. He got hurt <laughs> last night. Hamstring. Unbelievable, man. Dude's literally gotten hurt in pregame warm-ups this year at one point. But whatever. We don't have to focus on that. Debo's gonna be back at some point before the end of the regular season. The big task for the Niners. Is going to be managing these final three games to get into the playoffs with a chance to do some real damage, hopefully with as healthy a team as you could possibly have at that point in the season. Michelle, it's a different show for us today. No best bets to have to do. Well, what I did you... want to bring one up. I, I have a bet that I love because everyone's oh. going to be like, we got, we got football all day on Saturday, right? Hell yeah. You're going to be watching the Vikings Colts because why would you not? You're rooting for the biggest Colts fans right now. Let's yep. do it up. So while you're watching that game, put some money down on Alec Pierce, wide receiver for the Colts, over 38 and a half receiving yards. It's my favorite bet of the week. The Vikings are absolutely atrocious at covering outside wide receivers. They're allowing the most yards by a ton to outside wide receivers. And Alec Pierce runs almost all of his routes, like literally all of them on the outside. And he leads the team and routes run on the left side. And that's where the Vikings are literally just the worst in the NFL. So that on that 38 and a half. There you get go. On so one play. Cheer for the Colts and hopefully make a little money too. You can't get any better than that, especially when your team already has a division clinching win in the bank. That's I also want it. No, 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 no. I've had I've had a from some sips of mimosas. So before we close out the show, I wanted to just brag about uh, my wife and I real quick in your fantasy league. <laughs> Only so you let us in your fantasy league of twelve teams, right? Only four teams make the playoffs. Only four. And Kate and I are about to steal two of the four spots. Two of the half, four. Half of our playoff spots are Majuks. Yeah. 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 How do you feel about that? Uh, where do you rank in the fantasy league? Look, 
my ranking is not important. Okay, <laughs> I'm the commissioner of the league. I have a lot on my mind. Oh, you don't do you anything know? as commissioner. First of all, you conceded defeat to me last week. I thought I was going to lose, but I won. And then ultimately, you came back to. I win. know nobody cares, but uh, guys, Rob is eleventh out of twelve. <laughs> it's amazing. So we have a football league with these people, friends I've known my whole life, and we have a baseball league. I dominate the baseball league. I've won the championship two out of the last three years. I've been in the finals all three years. The year I lost, I lost by two freaking points. I dominate the baseball league. I'm terrible at the football league. I don't know why. Help me. I can't help you because now I'm in your league. I would I would help no, we'll you. We'll be kicking way. you out. Yeah, I was going to say, are your friends annoyed that you let us in? Right. Like, well, as soon as everybody found out who you were, they're like, wait, you brought in some professional fantasy football players to our league? So there was some I will say, I'm not, because your playoffs don't start till next week because you only let four teams in like a crazy person. But I would have to lose. Another team would have to win. And they would have to outscore me by like 120 points. So I think I'll be in. And my wife is already in. So we're killing it. Killing it. All the whining and complaining you did, you're still going to make the playoffs. Because you let people in your league not not roster full teams. They, they're still playing Philip. There's a team playing Philip Lindsay still every single week. I lost to that team last that. week. You have to be a better commissioner than that. You don't do anything as a commissioner. Bad commissioner. I, I do exactly <laughs> what is required. No more, no less. Uh, all right. Nobody cares about my fantasy team, but... Why yeah, not? terrible luck in the playoffs. I hope you lose every game. Please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you missed any of the Instant Reaction Show with myself and Akash Anavarathan last night, you can download the podcast or go to the Niners Nation YouTube page. It is there. If you want to see my pretty smiling face, I said a bunch of nice things about the 49ers. I know everybody thinks I'm negative. The, the evidence is there. Go watch it. Enjoy the victory this week. I hope everybody has a great week. This is a great sports weekend. You had the game last night. You got football on Saturday. You got the World Cup final early on Sunday. It doesn't even get in the way of the rest of the football. This is a damn good sports weekend, and it's kind of nice to have the Niner game already out of the way. It's such a nice feeling to just sit back and be like, ah, doesn't really matter. Like, rooting for the Vikings to lose, but whatever. If they don't, like, just such a nice feeling. Yes, it is. Enjoy it, everybody. This is not normal, but it's all coming up 49ers right now. Michelle, have a fantastic weekend. Bye, y'all.